the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Let's paint a scene for you to begin this episode. Shall we use a broad brush? <laughs> Let us use a broad brush. Let us use several brushes. We're going to need a lot of black and white paint for this one. Okay, I think I see where you're going with this. So, the world-renowned secret agent, 007 himself, James Bond, gets a message that leads him on an unauthorized mission into Mexico City on the Day of the Dead. Hi, I'm Ben. Brown. Noel Brown. That's not bad. That's Brown. not bad. I don't know what voice this say, is. Say shaken, not stirred. No. You're not going to? No, I can't. You, you, you can do a like, I've already gone to it. There you go. Well, yeah, 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 okay, that'd be good. I like, I like, the, I like the Connery, the Connery Bond voice. Bond. James Bond, James Bond, James. It's like there's kind of something in your shark, 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 James. No, I don't <laughs> even know. Yeah, I am Noel Brown, in fact. Right. You may have thought that someone else was here mm. that, that, that sounded different. Not true. You know who else is here, though, Noel Brown? Oh, boy, do I. Our super producer, Casey Pegram. And most importantly, we're so glad that you are here because in today's episode, uh, we learned something very, very strange. Uh, Noel, could could you help me describe this opening scene from the film Spectre? Should we say spoilers? I don't know. It's not really. It's, it, is, it is like the opening sequence, right? It's, yeah, it's the opening sequence. Yeah, I don't remember that movie particularly well, though I do remember this scene. Um, he basically Bond is on a, a high-speed foot chase, kind of. Not really high-speed, you know, running speed. It's not like a... Yeah, he's in pursuit. He's in pursuit, hot pursuit. There we go of a, of some sort of baddie. I, I, again, don't don't really remember the, <laughs> the, the the deets of the plot, but he ends up bobbing and weaving through this massive Dia de los Muertos parade mm. festival, surrounded by giant floats adorned with skeletons with like puppet type rods attached to the hands. So they're going, going, no, 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 
and then you know sugar skulls and yeah, yeah. one of the skeletons has like a big cigar in his mouth and a, and a top hat and it's you know very festive and environment. the streets are packed Mardi Gras level exactly. and uh, Bond is trying to stop a terrorist bombing plot oh god so he's trying to find the needle in the haystack here that's right, right? I remember and, now it's coming back to me and because this is the beginning of the movie, I don't think it's going to ruin it for uh, any of us out there when we say he survives. Yep. <laughs> it's not it's it's not setting the record for the shortest Bond movie. It's weird, though. Is he, is he sort of like a Doctor Who type situation? Like whenever there's a new James Bond, is it like just like a cold reboot? Are we supposed to believe that this is the only James Bond? And he, you know? No one acknowledges yeah. that the Bond has changed. It's like when they recast a character in a sitcom. And, and it throws me off. Like uh, the character in Family Matters when they switched out. Which one? Kimmy? <laughs> uh, it was the uh, uh, Judy Winslow, I think. Oh, ju- that's right. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I always confuse Family Matters and Full House in my mind. They had very similar theme songs. But, you know, or like in Roseanne or whatever. We digress, however, sure. because James Bond, he, he def- you know, he defuses the terrorist bomb. Uh, but here's the thing. This parade that he was a part of in the streets of Mexico City, not not a thing. Does not exist. Man- manufactured. Did not exist. And uh, I-, I just want to show you, Noel, I think you'll enjoy this. This is the suit that James Bond is wearing. Yeah. He's got a, uh, he's got a top hat. He's got a cheeky little uh, vest on with, a, with a, a rib motif. Yep. And it looks like uh, he's wearing like sort of a black and white striped shirt underneath it, but it's kind of uh, peeking through just so that it looks like a center, like a spine. Kind yeah, of. like a vertebrae. He is very dappered up, and he's of course got a uh, skeleton mask on. Um, mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, mm. a little culturally appropriative, perhaps. Oh yeah, what do you think? What yeah. do you think, man? I don't know. So how about this? Let's step back a little and look at what the Day of the Dead actually is. What let's, do you say? Let's do. All right, so the Day of the Dead in a sentence is a holiday that's celebrated throughout Mexico, the Mexican diaspora, including central and south regions of Mexico. And it's Latin America in general, I believe they do it in 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 Paraguay and and, uh, in Brazil. And it's also celebrated in the United States and many other cultures. It's acknowledged. It's not one of those here and gone holidays. It actually lasts for multiple days. Yeah, so that span of time is October 31st is All Hallows' Eve or, or Halloween. Then on November 1st, you have Dio de los Innocentes or All Saints' Day. I've also heard it referred to as the Day of the Children. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the kicker on November 2nd with the Day of the Dead or All Souls' Day or Dio de los Muertos. And this is a very community-based, family-driven kind of celebration traditionally. Oh, it's all about family, right? Right. You build private altars called ofrendas. You're honoring your loved ones who have passed on. Not worshiping, mind you. Honoring. Honoring. Very, very important difference. And you, some of this honoring includes leaving their, uh, preparing their favorite foods or bringing them their favorite beverages, visiting graves with these as gifts. You will also leave possessions of the ones who have passed. Did you, you say know? photographs? 
Oh, uh, no, we didn't say photographs. That That's is very, important. very important, right? Because, in fact, I don't know if you've seen the movie Coco, the Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, it surrounds the, this whole Day of the Dead tradition, and the, the device they use in the, in the movie is that as soon as people stop remembering you in the afterlife— you, you, disappear. you disappear. You cease to exist. You cease to exist. And on the Day of the Dead, in the movie, all of these loved ones get to come back and visit with their family members. They don't they can't speak to each other, but they're there. And they, you know, the family members know they're there. And it's personified beautifully in this film. But the way they get their ticket across the Bridge of Souls or, or whatever it's mm-hmm. called, um, which is they're guided by uh, marigold petals. That's another another tradition. Right. Um, and this all lines up with the truth because in Latin America, they they go to graveyards at night and mm-hmm. do this. But it's not a spooky affair um, because many of these graveyards are, are not owned by private companies like they are here in the States, but they're owned by the community. Mm. So the community has to keep them up. So every year... They'll pull weeds, they'll beautify the area around the graves sure. and, you know, do all the things we talked about, put these little trinkets and pictures. But pictures are important in the movie, at least, in Coco, because mm-hmm. that's what gives them their ticket. And if you don't put the picture up, mm-hmm. you can't come back and visit. So, so this, is, this is amazing. I, I think that's beautiful. And when I've encountered this sort of cultural relationship with death, it seems... I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is just one guy's opinion. It just seems like a more healthy way to approach mortality. Very grounding as opposed to it being something mm-hmm. to fear um, and, and to mourn. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certainly an element of mourning, but it doesn't feel... You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, there's, there's more of a, uh, it's, I miss you, but it's more about I love you. Right, right? honoring. So, yeah. yeah, and it's also a very old practice, or at least the predecessors, right? This is This dates back... 2,500, 3,000 years into pre-Columbian cultures. When we say dates back, we mean that there was some sort of celebration commemorating the deaths of ancestors. And the festival that forms the basis of the modern Day of the Dead, it occurred around the beginning of August, and it lasted for a month. This was in the Aztec and Toltec cultures mm-hmm. and the uh, the Nahua people. Um, and this is all—these are considered pre-Hispanic cultures. There's a really cool article on the travel uh, section of National Geographic called Top Ten Things You Should Know About the Day of the Dead. And one of the things I learned on here is that the Day of the Dead has UNESCO cultural heritage designation. And I did not know— that events or, or, or holidays could get this designation, but it turns out that they can, and it's recognized as uh, having an intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Which makes perfect sense when you think about it, because this is another example of a practice that we've talked about on a couple of other shows uh, or episodes of other shows called religious syncretism. And religious syncretism is the idea that differing spiritual beliefs can be incorporated into the same unified belief system for someone. That's why you'll see places that had a lot of Catholic influence in the past retain original spiritual practices, but then have this... um, have the names of saints incorporated into the pantheon or something. So now when we look at this celebration in the modern days before Spectre itself, at least, we see a very Catholic 
celebration or Catholic tinged. That's right. right? Uh, but originally, we're talking about this Mesoamerican experience. The Aztecs, for instance, believed there were multiple planes of existence that were separate but interrelated, sort of what Coco is building off of. And they envisioned a world that had 13 overworlds, layers of heaven. Ooh, heady. And then nine underworlds in each level had their own differing characteristics and particular gods who ruled them. That's interesting, too, because that sort of seems in line with, like, Dante's Inferno and, like, the circles of hell, you know? Yeah. Like, having different layers of, of the underworld. Which is funny, too, when, when the underworld is referred to less as a place of damnation and suffering and more of just, that is the afterlife, the underworld. Yeah, and the festival, the original month-long festival, paid tribute to the lord and lady of the underworld, along with their ancestors, Miklan Tecoliti, uh, which I am probably butchering, and his wife, uh, Miklan Kuhatl. And they lived in Miklan, the, the land of the dead. That's cool. It's very different from Catholicism. It really is. And I think it's so cool the way you can see the evolution of this, this holiday and this tradition uh, up to the current day. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So let's talk about some of the uh, the features of this tradition. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Okay, no, no, you first, you first. You well, first. there's some really cool stuff. Um, one thing we talked about, the uh, the ofrendas, mm. the altars um, that are meant to remember and honor our uh, lost family members. Um, they have these things called uh, literary calaveras, which in calavera actually means skull. Mm -hmm. um, but in the 18th and 19th centuries, um, that term was used to describe a kind of a little a little poem, like a little limericky kind of thing, sort of akin to an epitaph, but sort of tongue in cheek. So here's an example. 
of one. The idea of the calvera kind of dates back to this idea of uh, the danse macabre in French or the danza macabre in Spanish and Italian, um, which was a type of play that was performed in the 14th century uh, where you dance with death and it's sort of this idea of making peace with uh, your relationship with death. Very similar. Uh, and from that, um, in Mexico, it was developed into these kind of fun little poignant little tongue-in-cheek poems that are meant to sort of poke fun at uh, cultural figures often. So here's one called The Bullfighter. Here lies a good bullfighter who died of grief from being a bad bandolero. And the bandolero is the one that sticks the flags into the bull with the, mm-hmm. the, the pointy sword things, right? right. Um, booed at each performance, he has died of a tumble, received on the rear, and such was his foolishness that he was already in the tomb, turned into skull and bones, and fighting the dead. So there's not a nihilism. There's an acceptance here. There's a, uh, well, it's happening anyway, kind of uh, recognition of life's passages. It's, it's cool, too, from a thanatological perspective, thanatology being the study of death, uh, to see how culture-wide this sort of removes to a great degree, the stigma associated with mortality. Uh, Also, I I know we both want to examine this part, the food. Oh, boy, is there some good food. Yeah, there's there's traditional food that's often cooked here the same way that marigolds are the primary petals used to decorate your grave. Uh, The bread of the dead, or pan de muerto, is a sweet bread that has anise seeds, and it's decorated with bones and skulls made out of dough. Uh, They might be arranged in a circle. Uh, There are tiny dough teardrops that symbolize sorrow, and there are also sugar skulls. Yeah, and some of them have, like, caramel on them or powdered sugar or different, like, orange zest, I think, is one of the ingredients. They kind of look like challah bread uh, from the Jewish tradition. Mm -hmm. Really, really beautiful, and they've got that really nice shiny egg wash kind of quality. Um, So that that is a very popular dish. And then, of course, you know, there are traditional Latin American dishes that are— often reserved for special occasions that are busted out on uh, Dia de los Muertos, things like um, flan, caramel flan, or sopapillas, or uh, something called uh, calabaza antasha, which is a candied pumpkin dessert, mm-hmm. um, enchiladas. And it's the delicious. Oh, my way. gosh. Tinga poblana del pollo, which is like a, a Mexican stew. Um, a lot of these things, if you ever find yourself in the Atlanta area, uh, you got to go to Plaza Fiesta. <laughs> and I'll tell you... Um, I can't yeah. quite remember the name of the place, but uh, it's it's in one of the back little coves. It's not in the main food court, and it's called something like Tropical Island Delight or something like that makes no sense and doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. And it, it, you know, it's kind of like the spot because it's always crowded, but not overcrowded because you know that like it's got, it's kind of like a a hidden jewel, and that's mm-hmm. what I like about it. But amazing tamales um, and all of this stuff, red chili and pork tamales, pozole, which is like a chicken soup with the hominy in it. Also great. So good. So good. There are also traditional beverages. This is, now, now we said that this parade didn't exist when it was depicted in Spectre, but that's not to say that Day of the Dead is not a social holiday. People do go out in the streets. They greet each other. They w- You will see people who might be wearing a skeleton costume. Absolutely. And, and the, the, you know, one of the officials in the tourism department of Mexico City was quick to say that 
this is a festival. This is not, you know, a replacement for the very personal traditions of Day of the Dead. This is also not to say that Day of the Dead wasn't happening in Mexico City. That's not true at all. It's just much more of a thing you do at home with your families or a thing you do where you go visit the gravesites as opposed to some sort of Mardi Gras-esque parade, which is what was depicted in the film and what has since been recreated in Mexico City. That's right. In an article for The Guardian, journalist David Agrin uh, discusses this phenomenon. Uh, you can find it with the headline, Mexico City's James Bond-inspired Day of the Dead Parade Gets Mixed Reviews. Womp, womp, womp. Yes, well done. Good, t- good timing on the sound cue. Because after Spectre, a lot of people who watched this film around the world just assumed that this parade happened. And I think that's where I kind of have a bone to pick with this cultural appropriation, like turning a beautiful uh, tradition, a cultural tradition, into a set piece for a foot chase. And it's very, it's a serious tradition, yes, too. Yes, that's the thing. And, and and what we're seeing in this article is that, is what I was saying a minute ago, it's not to say that Mexico City was not celebrating Day of the Dead, but it was much more personal, a, a very special deeply spiritual tradition in Mexico. Um, And they decided to turn it into a festival. And Enrique de la Madrid, who's the secretary of tourism for Mexico, he kind of defends it when he says this. He says, Day of the Dead is always something in Mexico City that is celebrated, though in a more serious way. What we decided to do here is a festival. So yeah, it seems like there's a little bit of lip service being paid there. I I don't know. They're trying to get those tourist bucks. Well, we yeah, we should also point out just to just to highlight this it is not as if some sort of outside group came in and said we're going to produce a festival every year it is the city of mexico city itself their actual government and thousands of people came to this parade uh, people participated in it they many people said you know what this is fine i i enjoy this and i can still do the traditional serious stuff But people on social media saw this as a symptom of an ongoing larger problem with the government of Mexico City. That's right. Esteban Ilades tweeted, this is a cheap stunt. Uh, He's the editor of a magazine called Nexos. They filmed James Bond here, and now we have the traditional Day of the Dead parade. That's in quotes. Yeah. Let's see what happens when the mayor finishes reading the Da Vinci Code. Ooh, that was a sicky burn. Oof. Ah. Some aloe for that one. Casey, can we get a sizzle sound cue? Mm. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This also was seen as um, just another scheme by the same people who opened the world's biggest ice rink, built urban beaches. And this, this is, again, is uh, the, journalist, the journalist quotation here, but I love it. And having a fetish for setting world records such as taking the biggest ever selfie. The you mean biggest, like... Largest in size, or I guess the biggest, the largest amount of people. It's not like Mexico City has an arm it can hold up. It's not really a selfie if it's a group, though, is it? That's true. Is it the tallest man in the world yeah. taking a selfie? With the, the giantest head. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Yeah. Ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. And yeah, uh, right to the let, you know, put us in touch with the folks at Guinness. Uh, tell them we did an episode on them. Have you heard the deal? How Guinness is now more in the business of like. They will come to you and do an event where you can attempt to break a record. Like it's become much more of a destination, like like a wedding or like a party that they they, they throw. And there's different packages, so it's it's a lot easier to get the record if you have buku bucks to throw at Guinness and have them come do this event. It's really interesting. That might be an episode unto itself. That's yeah, a, uh, yeah. Everything's been commodified increasingly. At least that's what the opponents of the Day of the Dead parade would say. And we also want to know where you fall on this, uh, on which side of this debate you fall in. Do you feel like this is a soulless uh, rush to monetize something? Or do you think that this is another step in the evolution of Day of the Dead? I mean, we barely touched upon the Spanish influences. I know. Touch on some for me. (laughs) All right. Uh, As you can find in an NPR article, Decoding the Food and Drink on a Day of the Dead Altar by Karen Castillo-Farfan, the Spanish conquest put Catholic leaders in a, what we've said before on the the show, is a, a very terrible mindset. The idea that they would assimilate these people and by leading them to what they saw as the truth of Catholicism, any means they took justified that noble end. Yeah. So they exerted their influence on everything. It was very ideologically based, and one of those was their influence on the tradition uh, that was meant to honor the dead. So they ended up they they ended up saying this would uh, this would overlap with pre-existing Catholic holidays. And that's why you see this All Souls Day stuff going on. That's right. That's why they line it up with those calendar days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that affects it. But also, you know, this is, all, this is a region that, despite having these Mesoamerican pre-Columbian practices, is still largely very Catholic in terms of demographics. Sure. And these are not seen as contradictions. So the evolution was 
par for the course because this started off as a pre Hispanic tradition, and then you're talking about that influence on these uh, indigenous people of the region by the Spanish. They kind of had to co-opt this tradition and sort of give it a little twist, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So is this parade another step in that ongoing evolution? And if so, is it a step in a good direction, a bad direction, or a neutral direction? One thing we can say for sure, however, is that this is not the only case in which a fictional event has prompted a real-world change. Oh, hit me with one. I would love to. And uh, we also think and hope that you would love to hear one too, folks. But unfortunately, the ones we found are so good, they will have to be their own episodes. One in particular, you know the one I'm thinking about. Are you talking about the uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle crime busting story? Yes, we are. That's true. The creator of Sherlock Holmes, it turns out, wasn't just talking the talk. What did I say? Writing the words? Yeah. He's also doing the dirt? He was doing the dirts. There we go. We got there. Uh, We hope that you enjoyed this exploration of the relationship that fiction can have with the real world. And we'd like to hear your examples of other other bits about this. And not only that, have you been to a a Dia de los Muertos event? Um, uh, One of the kind of more, you know, there may be losing the spiritual a little bit. We've been to these street festivals, or is this a tradition in your family? I would love to hear some inside information on that. Please, you can write to us at ridiculous at howstuffworks.com. You can hit us up on the social meds at uh, the Facebook, where we are Ridiculous History. Um, give a look at our Facebook group, The Ridiculous Historians. We um, are really looking forward to mining it for some future episode ideas. Yes, and we also we also just found the soundbites noisemaker oh in the boy. studio, so we should probably get out of here. Uh, and let, do you want to hear a sound effect? Sure, man. Okay, uh, let's go. Choose wisely. Okay, uh, there's. We'll go safe. We'll go applause. Okay, so we'd like to thank Casey Pegram, our super producer. Casey, sincerely, thank you, of course. Thanks to Alex Williams, Christopher Hasiotis, Noel Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Ben uh, Bolin. <laughs> thanks. As I live and breathe. Thanks to you. You thanks were sitting you here the whole time. I know, it was me the whole time. I know. Like at the very end of The Sixth Sense when everyone goes, oh, hey that's now. Bruce whoa, Willis. Whoa, whoa. I know. Come on now. No spoilers. No, that was good. I stole that joke from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, that's true. That was Bruce Willis the whole time. <laughs> it's true. Um, and we hope you continue being you the whole time because we, we really like you. We really like hanging out with you. And stay tuned next week where we're going to be talking about a thing. Right. Specifically how the capture of Guam was bloodless and quick entirely due to a misunderstanding. That sounds like a pretty sweet misunderstanding. I can't wait to, to hear all about it or, you know, tell you all about it. It's a 50-50 thing. Yeah, we have a back and forth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, great. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. 
Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.